Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hello, this is PJ Ewing. You're listening to The Bee's Knees podcast here on whatever podcast platform that you enjoy. We're all over the place. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find The Bee's Knees, I'll have you know. I am the host of the show, although I do co-host occasionally with Mary Elliott. We've got a new edition, a new interview, though, with a a knee surgery recovery patient. Um, Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, PJ. I'm really glad you're here, man. We're going to talk uh, about your uh, surgery, what led up to the surgery, and what the recovery was like, and how you solved the problems that you had. And I want to kind of just get out of the way, if I can, and let you have the floor. And maybe, if you don't mind, letting us know a little bit about your background, who you are, that kind of thing. And then we'll start talking about knees. Uh, Absolutely. So my my name is Patrick, and uh, I'm in the aviation defense department field. And uh, I'm pretty active, so I've always been uh, uh, pretty healthy. Uh, but I put a lot of wear and tear on my knees. So as time went on and age took over, uh, I had a, a, a twist, as you would say, in, in my knee. And uh, that's when all my problems kind of started and, and they began. And, and I was a candidate for a surgery. And what surgery did you end up having? Well, the meniscus was torn. And then I had my patella tendon was not doing very well because my patella kept slipping in and out uh, throughout my uh, life. I had a lot of uh, patella dislocations. And then there was uh, another uh, tendon, I think it was the MPF tendon, which I am not sure what the acronyms uh, stand for. And I don't remember the exact medical term at the moment. So there were three major surgeries that were uh, performed on that day. Um, and, and when uh, was that? When did that happen? This happened. The surgery was November 30th of 21. Got it. Got it. And tell me this. Had you had much work done to the knees prior to that? Or was this the first big moment for you? This this was the first big moment. I had a a stagnant moment where the injury occurred a month prior, October 30th. And by the time I went to see the doctor, um, got a second opinion, went for the MRIs and finally scheduled the surgery. A month had gone by where I was just in a, an immobilizer and just kind of hanging around the house, keeping weight off of the leg. No, nothing was being done at that time, just pending the surgery date. That's got to be kind of um, uh, anxious, upsetting, nerve wracking. It, it is because I, I knew in my mind, you know, uh, not moving the leg or not doing anything, atrophy is going to happen automatically uh, to, to the rest of the muscle. So I already knew going in that the therapy is probably going to be a little bit harder since I have a month of immobilization without anything going on. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you're aware of that. Not that you can do a lot about it sometimes, but, you know, people talk a lot about range of motion and bending and straightening and function, but strength is so important to us all. And the biggest muscle group in the body is the quadriceps muscle group in your thigh. And that is really prone to atrophy. I mean, if you don't, you know, they say move it or lose it. I really believe that in this case, if you're not 
getting up, getting down, doing stairs, being active like you normally are, you're going to lose strength. And I don't pretend to you know, know the actual number, and I'm not sure anybody really does, but there's some percentage, right, of, of loss of strength every day when you lose, you don't use your, your quads and your, your legs or like you, you usually, and then they, they study this in space, you know, Patrick, they, they look at how much muscle loss happens for the guys at the space station, and it's, it's a meaningful amount. So you were going through this month of atrophy and worry because you're trying to get second opinions and seeing what to do. And then you ended up having this multiple surgery. Do you mind just going through it one more time? What were the, what did they do in that surgery in November? Well, the meniscus had a, a what they call a bucket handle tear. So with my activity and uh, pretty, pretty fit for my age and active, uh, I'm not overweight. I, I'm kind of holding my own very well. Uh, the doctor decided he's going to try to save that patella because I wanted to continue an active life. And so he did a repair on that. Normally, depending on um, the patient and their condition, uh, he might remove the uh, meniscus, which is not good because now you have bone on bone, or he would try to save it. But that's a percentage of maybe 75 to 80 percent that it would take. So we're already coming under that it might not hold. And then the patella dislocation, that was the, the original culprit. So he uh, did a graft and he put a tendon to uh, kind of hold the patella in place. That was the number two. And then there was another tendon on the outside of the knee. There was a uh, not completely severed, but torn. Got it. Got it. He took care of that. Patrick, how old are you? I'm 57. Wait a second. Let me think on this. <laughs> wow. Wow. So let's see. I am going to be 58 years old in July. Oh, you got a couple of years on me. Or almost. I'm almost 57 myself. I'm, I'm May 13th. That's me. So I'm, it's coming up for me. We're doing this interview in uh, um, the beginning of April in 2022. Right. So, hey, yeah, we're, we're almost going to hit that uh, big 6-0 pretty soon. Yeah, you and me, buddy. We should have a party. We'll have a party, you and me. We're going to go go somewhere. Somewhere have fun. Yeah, absolutely. So this all happens in November. You have the surgery. Tell us about November, December, January. How? What was the recovery plan? What did you do? How long were you laid up? And uh, sort of what, what was the recovery adventure, Patrick? So immediately after surgery, that was done on a Tuesday. My first PT was set for Friday. It's a very aggressive PT, anything with the knees. They want to get that flexion and extension done quickly. They want to start moving it. So uh, it was very painful. I was laid up. Uh, any surgery was going to be painful. It was it was painful, uh, and I kind of just uh, had to self-medicate at that time. Um, I did go to my first PT session, and it started regular, like any PT session, very slow, methodical, um, trying to feel engaged, do an assessment on how much weight I can bear, uh, how much can I move. Uh, they started moving the leg a little bit for uh, flexion, for extension. So it started off slow and steady. Um, but it, it was it was a painful uh, therapy. And as uh, time proceeded, since I had the meniscus repair, we were trying to achieve a flexion angle. That's where your knee bends 
or your heel bends towards your thigh, you're bending down, like if you're stepping up the flexion. And they wanted to re, uh, achieve a 90 degree uh, flexion angle before continuing to allow the meniscus to repair well and not interfere with the meniscus healing process. But throughout the process, uh, right from the beginning, from the onset, uh, about two weeks into therapy, I couldn't achieve uh, 60 degrees, uh, 50 degrees. And then slowly, you know, a lot of home work was done, a lot of home therapy that I had to do to try to push this flexion to, to get this knee to bend. And it was, it was extremely painful. I, I mean, I, I don't think I couldn't do it on my own. Um, you, you you can't put your body through pain and just push it through. And uh, they tried in the therapy uh, office to to get that knee to bend, and it would not go. It would just lock in at 80, 85. Um, I think it hit 90 once, but that was under extreme pressure and extreme pain. And uh, we got stuck there, went back to see the doctor, and um, he's like, let's keep trying, use Voltaren, you know, use some some things to kind of loosen up, take away inflammation. And, and we went through a whole series of anti-inflammatories and, and lotions and potions. And it got to the point where uh, they decided that they had to do manipulation under anesthesia to get that knee to bend. Wow. Uh, how, when was that decision made? That decision was made in let's see, February, February, uh, mid-February. So they made the decision based off of the 90-day meniscus heel point. Mm -hmm. So that was made in February to do the surgery uh, on March 8th. March 8th. So it's a, a good three months. You're listening to the Bees Knees podcast. This is PJ Ewing. I'm here with Patrick. We'll be right back to you after this. Bilateral knee replacement, your best recovery. If you are considering going for two, this is the Facebook chat group for you. We have an incredibly active membership made up of many wonderful people who have already gone through a bilateral knee replacement. They have a lot to say about it. Of course, it's free to join. Search Facebook groups for bilateral knee replacement, your best recovery. You are most welcome to join the conversation and make the most of your bilateral knee replacement surgery. Okay, Patrick, so it didn't go well. It's really about three months post-surgery or so. We're getting into the month of March and um, you just can't bend the knee. Um, in addition to the bending, did you have an atrophy situation over those months as well? Yeah, so the strengthening was happening with the knee only able to bend at 90 degrees. So the quadricep was getting strengthening at a 90 degree limit mark, if that makes any sense. Sure, right? sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I feel strong. Um, I'm kind of putting weight on it. Um, the pain is reducing itself a little bit because now 90 degree is my normal. Right. I can't bend the knee. 90 degree is locked in. So that's my normal. So they kind of the leg is healing with a 90 degree uh, uh, limit. So that right. kind of went smooth. I kind of got relief off of that. Uh, but then when the date came for manipulation, that was a rude awakening. Uh, 
when they did that on March 8th, they, yeah. they went in. It was about half an hour under surgery. Uh, he went in with a scope to make sure the the meniscus was doing well, all the other surgeries were doing well, make sure nothing was impeding. Um, he found uh, a copious amount of scar tissue. It was just incredible. Um, we have the pictures to show. There was just scar tissue all over that knee that was preventing the bend. Uh, so he removed the... Uh, uh, all or the majority of all the scar tissue and um they they just bent it down all the way to 155 brought my ankle right up to my butt that's an incredible flexion by the way 155 that's way more than the normal person just so you know it's about 130 for most humans <laughs> where are you from patrick what planet that 155 good guy wow so uh, it's a scope and an MUA, which they oftentimes do when things are really not going well. It's kind of, there's the first red alert, which is, you know, just MUA. Then it's like, oh boy, we need to cut out scar tissue and bend the knee. And that's really what you had on the 8th of March. Wow. Right. And they found that the scar tissue had invaded the meniscus repair. And they had to actually then pull out and, and take out 40% of the meniscus that was under repair. It, it was, um, I saw the pictures and it, it looked like something from outer space, an invasion of, of these tissues and that just grabbed onto the meniscus and they were just all over the place. I guess my body, my immune system just created uh, so much scar tissue that it actually locked the knee in place. Did you have any inclination that your body would create this scar tissue before or was this really surprising? Yeah, this is surprising to myself and the doctor. It's, it's very rare that the body creates scar tissue in such a quick manner. But, but it also, just logically thinking, if I was a month with a 90-degree bend waiting for surgery, then another two months working on a 90-degree, I'd never passed that. So we're looking at three months. So it, it's not unheard of for scar tissue to develop in three months either. But it was just right. an unusual amount. And, and, and it, not just the the amount of scar tissue, but the strength of the scar tissue was very strong. Mm. Mm. It had to be, you know, I, I think if he would have just bent it, he would have done damage. Uh, he he would have hurt me a little bit more. But by him going in, smart doctor, uh, uh, Chris, Dr. Chris Worrell, Worrell, he went in and he removed the, the scar tissue. You know, it made it much easier to bend and, and kind of gave me the edge yeah, recovery. there's a real fear of doing damage, to your point, and I think it was a wise decision. That far out, I have a lot of people calling, asking about, you know, can I do an MUA or can I avoid the MUA? And it really depends on how far post-surgery we are, because if you're getting to that three-month point, the body's had all this time to do its work, and that's the the challenge. It, it's, it's in there, swellings building scar tissue, and scar tissue is, has been laid down. It's fibrotic, it's tough. It doesn't want to bend and, you know, you're, you're, you really had to push that sort of second emergency button. I mean, the third emergency button is a whole other surgery. But in this case, you, you, you went to, I would call it stage two, not just the yeah. MUA, the MUA and the arthroscopy. Um, nothing worse than that, at least. So, all right, Patrick, well, let's go into what happened next. Um, you have the arthroscopy and the MUA. What do you do? So prior to that, I'm reading so much about MUAs and recoveries and uh, how therapies are going to work. And I came along uh, 
X10. And I started investigating the X10. I came along some other machines that were very passive, that they just went up and down, up and down. You lay down in bed and they just went up and down. Uh, in my mind, that thing makes sense. I'm from an engineering background. And I said, no, that doesn't make sense just to move something up and down. Um, I said, you know, it takes pressure to move something. And if something is going to move me and it takes a great amount of pressure, it shouldn't be moving. So I looked up the X10 and I found out the X10 had all the necessary uh, tools that I need. But you can go degree by degree. Um, you're sitting, you're kind of stable, you have full control and access to the panel. Uh, you can move by degree, you can set the pressure that you want so that you're not going through unnecessary pain. And you can basically take your time, you're doing it three times a day. And you can take your time and move your leg without having to go to the PT. Because once I got out of the MUA, PT was the next day, the following next day. And uh, let me just go rewind back. So with the X10, um, I called up and I definitely ordered the X10 and said, look, I need this in my house by this date. And the team at the X10, your team was fantastic. They actually brought it in uh, three days early because it was uh, over the weekend. And they showed me how to use it. And I was ready to go. So that day of surgery, I got home. Uh, surgery was the first one. 7.30 in the morning, I was home by 11. By 5.30, I was on the X10 machine. And um, I set the ranges with uh, my therapy coach. She's fantastic. Her name is Caitlin. And uh, we started moving that knee. Very soft, very methodical, very planned out. And it started going and going. And when I, I reached to the point where it was a little bit too much or the pressure was already set for me. She, she told me what pressure to set. Um, the machine kind of backed off and it just cycled. It kept cycling. And what I noticed is every single day, the leg would move more and more, but there was no pain. There was no pain in involved. And um, when I went to therapy the following day, the first thing they did was take the leg and kind of, sit me on the table and drew that back to almost 130 degrees right on the spot. And that was very painful. Um, and that's what happens at PT. And when you look at PT, if you're doing uh, an hour, three times a week, well, the first 10 minutes is getting put under uh, some electrodes or heat. And the last 15 minutes is usually ice. So you're really only working with 35 minutes of physical therapy. And they try to do everything as much as possible and as quick as possible. So when I came out of the surgery, they, they grabbed my leg and just flexed it as far back as possible to keep whatever the doctor did in place and not allow the scar to start growing back. And that was, that became painful, but I think it was necessary. Um, but with the X10 machine, it, it just kept working daily that by two weeks, I had reached 130 degrees with almost uh, minimal pressure. When I say pressure, your leg has a weight of maybe 10 to 15 pounds, depending on your stature. And it was taking me, you know, 30 pounds of pressure to reach 130 degrees as the leg bent. And by two weeks already, I was reaching 130. 
30 degrees with, you know, 13, 14 pounds of pressure, basically just the leg weight of my own body resistance. And it, it was smooth. And it helped with the physical therapy because now my leg has range of motion. So now I can do these exercises, start building up the quads, the hamstrings, the calves. Now I can work on strength quicker. So I, I'm taking the atrophy and I'm not extending it, but the X10 jumped right on top of it and took the atrophy uh, time and cut it in half. So Because now I can start working on strengthening. It took the range of motion with all that pain that the PT does and, and cut that away because of the way it works. And uh, by week one, range of motion was doing very well that even when I would go into physical therapy and they would start bending, it wasn't hurting as much because the X10 was already taking me to these places, but very methodical, very slow, soft, um, that when they did it themselves, it wouldn't hurt as much. I wasn't just sitting home wasting time. So at home, I had uh, things to do which was I get on the X10 three times a day. And those three times a day uh, really took a lot of the pain away. It, it gained my reign of motion very quickly. It let the atrophy fade away and not build anymore because now I can start uh, strength training. Um, I got to tell you, if it wasn't for the X10, I would not be in this position right now. I think I would still be struggling with a lot of, of, of pain and a lot of issues, uh, it would have taken much longer and not just longer because time wasn't the factor is pain. Uh, pain is, is on the knee is tremendous. And it's, 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 it's debilitating. So the, the X10 really removed and, and accelerated my therapy by, by, you know, a thousand percent easily. Well, I'm uh, I'm really excited about that. It was um, what it's supposed to do. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's not really tur tortoise and hare territory because really slow can get in the way. If it's really slow, well, you're going to ask for trouble. But it's got a bit of a pace to it where it is three times a day. You're doing the gentle but persistent, relentless but not painful approach. And if we cannot cause scar tissue with the motion, yet make gains, right? So there are two parts to it. We want to do frequent bending, but not forceful, painful bending uh, and straightening. And if we can do that, we can lead the way so you can get to the strength. And you did that because you can't do strength to 130 degrees until you can bend to 130 degrees. Range of motion leads to strength, as, as all the research supports, and we found out practically when we were doing these therapies, that you've really got to lead with range of motion, then you can follow with strength, and that's exactly what you did. How long did you have this machine, Patrick, in your house? This was uh, for 21 days. Okay. And okay. Uh, basically the last uh, four or five days, I, I still continue doing it, um, but... Uh, it was, I did it because it, I, I just wanted to do it because I, I knew it had it, its, its good factors to it. I just kept going to 130 because as you're doing strengthening, you're still inflaming the knee. Your quads are getting stronger, but they're also getting tight after the manipulation. 
your quads get tore up by a manual uh, by manipulation from the doctor. So even though it was smooth to 130, as you do therapy, it tightens up again. So the machine still keeps working. Even though uh, you uh, achieved 130, you just keep those muscles stretched slowly, keeping them stretched every time you work on them. So, you know, when you work out the next day, you got that soreness and you, and you feel tight. Well, with the X10, you, you got that soreness and you feel tight after therapy, but the X10 kind of takes that soreness and tightness away. It smooths it out because you're still rotating the leg. You're still flexing the leg back and forth, back and forth. Then the sessions are 35 minutes. You can extend them to an hour, depending on your needs, um, as much as you want to go, you know, that, that it's not. And you follow what your coach has to tell you. Uh, they're, they're, they're absolutely fantastic in guiding you with this. So the X10, even though if I can keep the X10 for another two months, I would. I definitely would because it, it is beneficial that way. Um, throughout your therapy, complete therapy is beneficial yeah. because it helps when your muscles are tightening and, and strengthening that you keep a good stretch. It does so, strengthening. It does range of motion. It's gentle. It's uh, reporting data. You had Caitlin as your physical therapist that we, you know, we provide a PT with the machine and you had it for about three weeks. And now tell us, you know, since it's now not in your house, what is... Um, what is your routine now? How are you maintaining this range of motion? Now, you, the way to maintain it is you, you got to do it manually by yourself. You got to learn uh, different techniques from PT of uh, squatting and putting your back against the wall and going down on a slow squat to get that range of motion, which is not controlled. Your body can't control that. And, and you know, it's very hard to... Uh, to go smooth. So once in a while, you know, it can become painful because you, you'll, you'll overstretch the muscles that you just worked out. Um, the other way is with a stretching strap. Uh, you would put a strap on, uh, on your leg and, and kind of do a nice bend to it. And I found that I bought my own. I found that to be easier where I can control how slow, but what I did was I just copied what the X did. I would sit on the bed and, put the strap on the ankle and slowly slide the foot towards me, hold it and then let it slide back and keep going. And, you know, I spent 30 minutes doing that. So I followed the X10 method doing my own method and it still is working well so far. You have to be vigilant. You know, the X10 is a bit of an intervention, a post-surgery moment. You use it for three weeks or so. And then, you know, we accomplish wonderful things and then you've got to maintain that. And it's not like everything's going to just regress, It's but but you still have to be vigilant for, I would say a month to two, really, afterward. And obviously you're doing that. This is PJ Ewing, we're here. Um, it's the Bees Knees podcast, I'm here with Patrick. Patrick, this is um, it's a pretty good story here. You must be pretty happy. One more thing about the X10 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. that I failed to mention is it has a strengthening program in there also. And uh, as I would do strengthening at PT, uh, Caitlin would recommend different stre uh, strengthening programs that it has. And I did the strengthening programs and they're not lengthy at all, but they are effective. I got to tell you, <laughs> we did uh, eccentric, concentric, um, hamstrings, quads, uh, calves, 
and they're, they're not long, but I, I know I did them and I felt it the next day. Uh, and we're talking. Put Ronaldo, put Messi on that machine. It will wear those quads out. It, it is a very efficient uh, strengthening protocol. And we're talking about two-minute sessions here. And, and it just was amazing how, how that helped out uh, with the PT that, that they did. You know, the, the strong PT that you're doing at, at the doctor's office is uh, it's not for the weak. I mean, you got to get in there and, and muscle it out. Um, you use the X10, you're doing the same PT, uh, less time, you're not muscling it out too much. Um, and the effects are about the same. You know, uh, just got a, a frequency is the only thing you have to change up. Yeah. Yeah. Really happy for you, man. Um, we're here with Patrick from Orlando, Florida. You, um, you're going to get back to work. Are you back to work yet? Or what's the story? Yeah, here? yeah. I'm working from home. Got it. And yeah, there's days where, you know, there's days, there's, you know, you get good days and bad days. Uh, by far, it's not over yet. Um, it, it's a lengthy process. And there's some tough days, especially uh, difficult weather days. Um, and then there's days where you do an extensive amount of, of, of therapy where, you know, you hurt. And, and, it, and it really drains your body because for so long, um, it, it's a full body effect that happens with you because for so long, you're missing the, the leg that's injured. So all the weight is going to the good leg, to the hips, your shoulders, your arms, your ankles, especially the ankle on the, on the good, on the bad leg. You know, that has to start getting back into shape because that hasn't been used also. So there's a lot to it. So, you know, there's some bad days where, you know, uh, you just can't work. You know, you, you, you want to just relax and you, you need a rest because it's, it, it wears you. And, and psychologically, I, I, I got to tell you, the X10 psychologically, uh, 50% of my stress, the X10 removed immediately as I started seeing progress because the stress factor of, of going through something like this with your knee, uh, can really put your mind somewhere else where you're just always tense, you're nervous, you're worried, uh, you're impending what's going to happen. Um, and with the X10, psychologically, it brought me into uh, back into a world of sanity. You know, it, it was it's just an amazing thing. I, I, I wish I would have known about it prior because I could see the benefits prior to doing the surgery. I can see benefits after the surgery um, for manipulation. It's not just for manipulation. It works for post-surgery of any surgery uh, of, of the knee. Yeah. Um, in my case, you know, yeah. I had an issue. I, I found it and it worked for after the manipulation. But if you're just having a knee surgery, I would suggest you grab this X10 immediately and you might just avoid what I went through. Wait a minute, Patrick. Because how much are we paying you to do this? Again, nothing, zero. <laughs> that was a joke, everybody. Um, yes, uh, I, you know, and it's funny, you, you are the reasons we're doing this recording, just so everybody listening knows, and there will be a lot of people listening to this, Patrick, and they're all concerned, probably post surgery, having trouble like you did. Um, but the uh, you insisted that we do this interview because you wanted to share your success and how you solve this. And what we're really doing is we're paying it forward. And I mean that 
You know, this is, uh, this is really coming from your desire to help other people. And I just want to thank you on behalf of so many thousands of people that will hear this podcast. You're doing amazing work uh, in, in spreading the word, truly. Thank you. Yeah, they deserve it. You know, I, I go to PT now and I see people coming fresh off of the operating table and I talk to them right away because I know what I went through and uh, it was scary. It messed me up in the head for a little while with this. You know, you get uh, the scared feeling. The, the It's just it's just a bad feeling. And if I can help somebody go through this and, and kind of guide them and tell them it's OK and what I did. Um, I definitely will. I mean, I have been speaking X10. I spoke to the therapists about it, the doctors about it. And and they are just amazed. I remember the doctor's look uh, after the two-week uh, visit. He said, how's your flexion going? And I sat down on this little stool and kind of like uh, bending my, my knees, just kind of like hugging my knees, basically. And the flexion was really good. And I did it a little bit under pressure. So, you know, there's a little pain going on there. But his eyes just blew wide open. He's like, you're kidding me. And I said, yeah, this is the X10. I said, it wasn't the 30 minutes of therapy three times a week that did this. This was the X10. This is me at home with this machine. And he was, and I, you know, I even asked him, I said, you need to promote this. You need to let your patients know that there are options, not necessarily promote it, but that there are options besides therapy. This works with therapy. And uh, I, I tell you, you know, I just want people to know uh, that there's an option. The X10 is an excellent option. And I, I would I would go for this anytime if I had to do it again. This is your first call I make us to you. One by one, we do this. It takes a long time to get the word out broadly across a large country or the broader world, the world at large, as they say. But it is, it's happening because of stuff that we're doing right here. I get on the phone with so many people every day who are in trouble and they, you know, it was their own wherewithal. They went out looking for answers. They somehow got to X10. They heard a podcast. They watched a video. They found a website. They looked up MUA, arthroscopy, whatever. And they ended up uh, on the phone with one of our folks. And that's where the process begins. And it's not always that Yoma, you must have the X10. There are ways to do it without the X10. And we talk through those, those answers. We're not here to put everybody on the machine, but we know that in the end, this machine has been developed over 15 years. It is better than most, if not all recovery methods. Um, it just, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta put the X10 in a situation where it can succeed. Sometimes people are asking for miracles. It's two years later. I can't bend my knee. Can I get an X10? And the answer is probably no. It is not going to be the answer. There's a surgical procedure answer, not a therapy answer for that problem. But in any situation within two months to three months post-surgery or post um, a manipulation and arthroscopy, you put the X10 in the right circumstance, the right situation, it will solve the problem. And I yeah. get really excited when I have conversations with people like you, Patrick, uh, who who can report back to everyone, hey, it was worth investing a little bit of money. It was out of pocket. And I'm delighted to have spent the money because I'm back to work. I'm back to my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Patrick, this has been great. I really, really appreciate it. But you know what? I'll just, I'll just thank you on behalf of anyone who's listening right now because you've done some good for yourself, wonderful, but also for a lot of other people by sharing your story. 
And um, it just makes me feel great when I, I get on these types of uh, interviews and, and, I, and we can share the word. It's really great. It's my pleasure, PJ. Hi, everyone. One message about what you're listening to, because there are two different audiences for everything that we do now. We have had a podcast for the last few years called the Bees Knees Podcast, and some of you are listening to that right now saying, yeah, thanks, PJ. Got it. I'm listening to your podcast. What else do I need to know? I'll tell you. What else you need to know is that there's another way to consume these wonderful interviews and content that we create, and that is Knee Radio One, a 24-7 Uh, seven-day-a-week, on-all-the-time knee broadcast. It's a radio station on the Internet, Internet radio, they call it, and we have a collection of interviews bundled into different shows that run all the time on Knee Radio 1. You can find that broadcast simply by going to knee-radio-the-numeral-one.com. Knee-radio-one.com. Com, and right on that homepage of that website, you can read all about it, and you can also push play and listen to the broadcast. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.